0: Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are
1: here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show.
2: Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these goats. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's
0: post-game podcast.
2: Oh, hi there. Al Dukes here, and it is podcast time. Jerry Recco is on a scheduled day off, so joining me today will be the Eddie Scazzeri.
3: Hello, podcast people.
2: Uh, Eddie, it is uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, and a lot of people, I could tell from the phone calls on the radio station today, the, they, they were less than usual. Yes. And your theory is that people now take this day off. Mm-hmm. To travel, I guess, or to travel Tuesday, like after work Tuesday.
3: Yes, all sorts of uh, pure permutations of that. Like schools, I think, are off, not... Uh, like local elementary schools, but I know colleges. A lot of them are off this whole week. Yes, to spread that travel out, uh, you know, over a few days instead of having it all concentrated today.
2: But that Sunday traveling back is going to be a disaster. A uh,
3: Disaster. Yeah.
2: Absolute disaster. Yeah. Uh, so, so <clears throat> oh my goodness. So you and I, Eddie, little known fact, we share a urologist. Yes, we do. Uh, you were looking for a urologist, and mm-hmm. I had recommended my urologist.
3: Yes, you said he's got a very nice manner, you know, he's a casual, you know, very good at the, that thing that they have to do. Prostate where exams. Like, yeah, you, you know, and it's uh, a bearable. Bearable. And, yeah.
2: Yep. Uh, so we share a, uh, a doctor. You're going to see him today. Yes, I am. I, I've been seeing him because I'm having some prostate issues. Yes, you are. Uh, so one of the things, and this is going to be old man podcast for you here, but uh, one of the thing, one of the, one of the prostate medications that I'm on mm-hmm. could cause constipation. Oh, uh, one of them, not the one you're on.
3: Not the one that we were both on. Are you yeah. still on that one?
2: Uh, yes, I am.
3: That just causes dizziness.
2: That just causes dizziness. Yes. but one of them that I was on was some sort of like, um anti-inflammatory. Okay. And it, w- it was causing constipation for me. Mhm. So I really didn't know what to do. So I thought okay, my game plan was I'm going to take a Dulcolax, which is like a laxative. Right. So when I looked on the package it said will will work from 6 to 12 hours from taking it. So we're we're during the week. So yesterday before I left here, I said let me take it now. Right. I took it at like 10.30. Figure so it's really?
3: not going to work in an hour, so I wouldn't have an issue with Jerry driving home.
2: Exactly. And when I get home in the comfort of my own home, at some point it'll kick in. Right. I take the laxative, the dual coax. Um, go home, nothing. Eat my dinner, nothing. Go to bed, nothing. Ooh. Get up, nothing.
3: So now we're past 12 hours.
2: Right. Drive to work, nothing. 4.30 a.m., it mm. kicked in nice but luckily there were not a lot of people here using the bathroom correct so i i had to uh use the facilities a few times but between 4:30 and 5:30, really so it timed out perfect
3: Well, that worked
2: they're very dangerous though to take a laxative
3: uh yes it is
2: you don't know what you you, you know might drive in believe me it was in the back of my mind oh
3: uh, yeah Knowing you, yes.
2: Like I'm on the turnpike at 4 o'clock in the oh. morning. Like,
3: Oh, here's the Alexander <laughs> Hamilton rest stop. <laughs> That's nice.
2: Yeah, at 4 a.m. So luckily I timed that out all right, and I feel like I'm in the clear now.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I would say yes. Yes, for sure. In the clear. I would not. Uh, you should not have any worries going home.
2: Then the second thing I wanted to talk to you about, I need to Google this, if you'll bear with me. All righty. So uh, we did, did the big announcement here at WFAN that the Rolling Stones were going back on tour.
3: Right. Yes. And, and we were uh, running now another promo, I guess. I yeah. I don't know. When is this? Next year?
2: I guess, yeah. In uh, 2019. I guess in, in the summer.
3: And stadiums, right? Stadiums.
2: Which, I'm not a huge fan of stadiums, stadium shows, but... Bands like Rolling Stones, they can't, like, play Barclays Center. They'd have to play ten nights there.
3: Yeah, well, at least, right. Yeah, at this point, they're still going to be packing stadiums.
2: Right. So I'm not a huge fan of stadium shows, but I understand why the, you know, The Who, The Stones, Bruce Springsteen, they're, they're these gigantic acts that they have to play the stadium. Right. But I kept seeing, you know, promo photos for the Rolling Stones, And I realized, I'm like, who plays bass for the Rolling Stones? Because we know what Bill, we know Bill Wyman, I guess, used to be a a bass player. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have uh, Mick Jagger, lead vocals, Keith Richards, guitar, uh, Charlie Watts on the drums, and then Ronnie Wood, who also plays guitar. I'm like, where's the bass player? Mm -hmm. So I Googled it. And I came up with an interesting story. The Rolling Stones bass player is a fellow named Daryl Jones. He's been the bass player since 1994.
3: And has been on albums and everything.
2: Everything they've done since 94. So if we do the math, 94, 2004, 2014, 24 years. Wow. And he's not in, and has never been in any of their promo shots because he's not an original Stone.
3: And he's not on the albums like his picture, not on the albums. I mean, no. he's credited, of course. Yeah, but
2: not pictured anywhere. Hmm. And he says it, it would be, this is a, an interview with, uh, what magazine is it? Classic Rock or Loudersound.com. I, I found this article. He says he'd it'd be wonderful to get recognition as a full member of the band.
3: You would think after a freaking quarter century that <laughs> yeah. they, you know, old Mick would be throwing a bone, for God's sakes.
2: It says after replacing Bill Wyman, who quit after 31 years with the with the Stones, uh, this Daryl Jones has appeared on all the band's material since 1994.
3: Now, here's a perhaps a uh, an ignorant uh, question. Yes, sir. The original five members they were together for the 31 years. Is that correct? I guess so. Yeah. That's a, that's a great run.
2: Well, the one Rolling Stone uh, very early on died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones. Was I that don't his know. name? Yeah. One of their very early on guys passed, and then I think Ronnie Wood joined right then. But that kind of stinks. Like, this guy's got to tell people he's in the Rolling Stones.
3: Yeah, and they're like, yeah, okay, sure you are.
2: Hey, right, like, this guy's going to Christmas parties this year. They'll be like, oh, what do you do for a living? I play bass in the Rolling Stones.
3: Right. Whatever, dude. Yeah, because, you know, we had, not that we're aficionados, we had no idea that this guy existed. Right.
2: It's just like the, when... John Entwistle of The Who bass player died a number of years ago. Right. I'm reading the Roger Daltrey autobiography that he wrote. Mm -hmm. It's very good. And he talks about, uh, you know, uh, John Entwistle died the day before they were supposed to go on tour. He was already... They were going to open at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, and John Entwistle was staying there that night, and he... Evidently, took he was a very he was still into drugs even mm-hmm. at that age, and he uh, he died of a heart attack in the hotel room with some woman, mm. and they had a show the
3: next night. And did they? I don't remember. Did they go on? They
2: postponed those the first two nights, put him on to the end of the tour, but then went on tour, mm. and they hired a guy uh, Dino Paladino to play bass. And he had, they had two days to rehearse with him. Wow. He banged it out. He did. But like that guy doesn't get... He gets paid to go on tour with The Who, but he doesn't get credit as being in The Who.
3: Right. And they're not putting out albums anymore. They're not
2: putting out albums anymore. The John Entwistle family still gets all those things. hmm So, uh shout-out to Daryl Jones, bass player of the Rolling Stones. Look for him on stage. He's only fifty-four. He's like the youngest by far. Right, when they all
3: croak, he can just continue (laughs) on.
2: (laughs) This guy should just be the Rolling Stones, right? I wonder if he sings. Mick Jagger. Who do you think will be the next Stone to go?
3: Ooh, you would say like Keith Richards, just because of all the legendary drug use. But you know, I think he's been clean for quite a while, and is you know
2: probably Charlie Watts looks old.
3: Yeah. I mean, who the hell knows? Mick
2: Jagger's still having children with young women.
3: God bless him. Yeah, he's
2: still, like, dating uh, women in their late 20s, early
3: 30s. Well, he's Mick Jagger.
2: He's Mick-freaking-Jagger. Mm-hmm. Eddie, Thanksgiving is the worst day of the year for house fires.
3: Yes, the uh, the the deep-fried turkey situation.
2: Deep-fried turkey, uh, People, uh, a lot of cooking going on, and a lot of people having drinks. I spoke to a cop off the air, and I don't know if he ever made it on the air. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that Thanksgiving is the worst day of the year for for like the ER, even worse than like Fourth of July. He did make it on the air. He did. Yes. So he was saying like that because people are drinking, <coughs> cooking, um, fighting with relatives. That after a couple of drinks, all of a sudden. You will bring up all the things. Of course.
3: A classic, you know, <laughs> a holiday uh, with the family.
2: <laughs> that you'll bring up things to your uncles and uh, aunts and uncles that you might have a problem with that you
3: wouldn't have if you didn't have a few pops. Like something like when you were eight years old, they did something and, and here it comes. Right.
2: And here it is all these years later because everyone's enjoying drinks. Right. Uh, do you have that in your family or is it all pretty much?
3: Oh, uh, when, when my... Older uh, Italian relatives uh, were alive uh, from my father's side, and they would come over the house. Just classic bickering back and forth, back. But there was nothing special about the day because anytime they were together, that's what they did. So it was all good. It was just part of how they interacted with one another.
2: Yeah, there are some families like that, and couples where that's how they communicate. Yeah. Screaming at each other. No, it
3: wasn't screaming. Oh. It was just like, you know, but, and it, I wouldn't say it was good natured, but it was just what they always did. They just always sniped at one. <laughs> right. And it was fun to watch, actually.
2: Uh, it was the entertainment. In oh, between, yeah. I, I kind of missed that. In know. between the football games.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: And I always do, I do like that the Detroit Lions play every year. Mm hmm. Because it feels like Thanksgiving when that first game is on.
3: And they were the tradition before the Cowboys. Cowboys, that tradition started, I think, in the early 70s, I want to say. So
2: it was just the Lions? It was always
3: the Lions. Just one game, though? And I could be mistaken, but I thought it was always Lions-Bears for quite a while.
2: You always felt like it was at least a divisional matchup. It was like Lions-Bears, Lions-Packers.
3: Yes, but uh, I I want to say in my head I always thought it was Lions Bears. I could be totally wrong about this, but I thought that was the way it was for, you know, through the fifties and yeah. into the early sixties before they started mixing it up.
2: I was saying to Jerry the other day because the cow- Cowboys play the Redskins, and that's been a matchup on Thanksgiving. Oh, quite and there's a, a
3: famous one uh, from the early seventies when Clint Longley came in for yes. back and won the game.
2: Yes, and then Jason Garrett also had he's uh, ones one, yes. his one good game was on a thanksgiving day. Correct. So maybe Colt McCoy has that this
3: year. You never know. And one of my favorite memories after they uh you know started breaking it up and having not uh, you know int- uh interconference games was the snow game with the dolphins.
2: Dolphins Cowboys.
3: Yes, with Steve DeBerg and the whole Wow, the,
2: DeBerg uh, was their quarterback?
3: Uh yeah, because Scott Mitchell got hurt. If you remember that name.
2: I, oh, for and, sure. And
3: DeBerg came in, and uh, they were down, and then there was that they blocked the field goal. You remember that? Yeah. And then Leon let touched the ball, and the Dolphins recovered it, and then and kicked the field goal. Slid into the you're end zone because right. it but, was icy. Right, but it wasn't a touchdown, but they did were able to recover the ball, kick the field goal again, one, and they were making snow angels. I think Keith Byers was making snow angels in the Dallas uh, end zone. Take that, Jerry.
2: <laughs> so Steve DeBerg, quarterback that dolphin team
3: after Mitchell got hurt after he, I think Mitchell blew his I forget what he what who, he, I, don't, I know Marino hit uh had his Achilles pop I don't know if Mitchell had the same injury and was who, something else.
2: who could have quarterbacked the Cowboys that was that a that was oh a Troy gosh. Aikman year or no that was probably what oh, I was in between
3: gosh this had to be I'm gonna like google 20 this. some years ago uh yeah I don't know Danny White was gone who was after mm-hmm. who was in between White and
2: Oh well, they had a Akeman. Mishmash. It was like Steve Walsh.
3: Yeah, it might have been Walsh actually. I'm gonna
2: write I'm gonna Google watch this. Thanks Giving Snow Game Dallas.
3: Well there's been a few snow games, but that's the most famous one. Nineteen
2: ninety three. Okay. Uh, Dolphins
3: at Cowboys. So Leon, 25 year, 25 year anniversary.
2: Yes. Let's see if it tells me, oh, that's right. 25 year anniversary. Man, there was snow everywhere. hmm Dolphins kicker, Pete Stoyanovich. Yes. Number 10. I want to see who, um, who the Cowboy quarterback was.
3: Well, I'm never going to find this.
2: 93. I thought that was an Aikman year.
3: You know, it, I forget when he came in. It could Yeah, because,
2: yeah, because it was a, uh. It, it was a Jimmy Johnson coached team.
3: And it, so it could have been that it was an early Aikman.
2: Now, let me Wikipedia Troy Aikman, see when he played. This is how you get, this is how people do research. Right. All right. So he was the Cowboys quarterback, 89 to 2000. So there it you was go. a Troy Aikman
3: year. So it might have been a Super Bowl year for the Cowboys. I remember the Dolphins were big underdogs, and then they won the game.
2: All right. So we'll get something like that this Thanksgiving. We always do.
3: Hopefully. Hopefully.
2: At the very least, we'll get a shootout in the nighttime game.
3: Yeah, well. Falcons-Saints. Sadly, I'm kind of more interested in the Egg Bowl matchup between Mississippi and Mississippi State. The Egg
2: Bowl? Yeah. Is that on Thanksgiving also? Uh,
3: it or traditionally was, and then it kind of moved off of it when the NFL started playing, and then oh, now it's back. So uh, I don't know if they do it every year Thanksgiving anymore, but it is things, uh, on uh, tomorrow night.
2: All right, tomorrow evening. Mm-hmm. You know the rapper Ice T? He's an actor rapper.
3: Yes. We had
2: him in here. He's the guy who said, uh, I
3: was all right. You
2: was all right. He was all right. To me.
3: And he does those great commercials with the lemonade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Selling iced tea and lemonade. Right. Yes. Um, well, Ice T, until very recently, had never tried a bagel or coffee. Wow. So a new online dating service called Coffee Meets Bagel. Strange okay decided that because of that they would use iced tea in their ads and he tried a bagel and coffee for the first time hmm. He said of taking a sip of coffee, it's not what I expected. It tastes like water with another taste taste kicked in later
3: and do you know if he had sugar and cream? Or no, it was just black.
2: Well, this is what he says. This is my first time, and I can pretty much tell you this will be the last time I'll ever drink black coffee. Hmm. Of eating a bagel, he said, it tasted like unsweetened donuts.
3: Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. Was he, uh, Hopefully he got a New York bagel? Yes. Oh, okay.
2: He said, that one bite, I feel like I just ate a loaf of bread. People eat this whole thing. Yeah. Yes, a whole delicious bagel.
3: Well that that is true. They are very uh very I, high in, in carbohydrates.
2: I scoop out my bagel.
3: Yes, I like know. a man. I I've seen that.
2: <laughs> Where you scoop out the the meaty part in <laughs> the Wait, middle.
3: Hold on. He scoops out <laughs> his whole wheat bagel. <laughs> Let's just clarify.
2: You know who I learned that from? Chris Booker. When I worked with Booker over at uh, at the time, it was the the Blink 1027. Okay,
3: what is going on with you and Booker? This is three yeah. straight podcasts where you have dropped his name.
2: Right, because I was in a jeans discussion with him earlier yes, in the week.
3: But you've now three straight podcasts. Yeah, three straight. Are you just looking for him to just... I'm just trying to get his something. attention, I guess.
2: But uh, yeah, he would order from the bagel place a two, tu- I think a tuna fish on a baked, scooped out bagel.
3: Oh, okay.
2: And I didn't know that a bagel place would scoop out your bagel.
3: Uh, yeah, I would have no idea. I would never think to do they that. They would just look at you like, you know, get right. out of here, freak. Get a-
2: right. <laughs> get out of here, you freak. And then my final story for you, Eddie. Mm. Let me read you the headline for here. It says, pilot in hot water after standing in front of airport hotel window naked. Hmm. He does not deny that he stood in his uh, in the nude in front of his hotel window at the Denver airport. He just didn't think anyone could see him. Fifty-four years old, a United Airlines pilot.
3: So maybe he thought like the windows were treated to where it was like sort of a one-way situation. I guess
2: he says uh, he stood in front of the window and didn't realize he was visible to a bunch of people in the airport's main terminal.
3: That's awesome,
2: and he got hit with a misdemeanor charge of indecent exposure. Oh wow!
3: Oh, the the police? Wow. Yeah,
2: I don't like those airport hotels. The ones that are like right in the airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they have one in. I definitely know one in Tampa. There's like a Marriott. You can walk right. You don't even go outside.
3: Yeah, that's a little weird. I
2: don't like that. What if no. terrorists take up yeah. a spot in the? hotel
3: like a newark that that marriott is it yeah. it's like sort of in the middle yeah. away from everything
2: unless you have to go through security in order to get there
3: i i would imagine you would i would hope so Hmm.
2: i want those banned
3: strange my i think this is the first podcast i've done with you where dogs and aliens have Ooh. not
2: come out oh i had a dog one for you i'm glad okay. you brought that up already i know you're a netflix guy
3: yes uh, i've watched the first two
2: uh, the, the It's a documentary series yes. called Dogs.
3: I don't even know if I would call it documentary.
2: Well, what is it? Because I, I, I keep seeing on social media people are like, you got to watch Dogs, Dogs. All. I haven't watched it yet. It's not documentary style?
3: Uh, no. It's sort of just these—I've uh, watched the first two, uh, and they focus on—the first one focused on two different children and their families— who were going to get a service dog.
2: But it's real people, yes? It's real people. Okay.
3: And the second one was about this uh, a guy from Syria who fled because he was going to get drafted. They're having a civil war. He going to get drafted into the army. You know, it's like a death sentence. He was like, Sue. So he left, but he had a dog, and it was the story. He went to Germany. He was in Berlin. It was the story about how he got his dog back. Really? um, And... So, and some of that, I was like, how? Because they had, like, these scenes in Syria with his friend who had the dog, and it was like, how are they filming this? Like, if this guy's hiding, this other, his friend was now hiding out from the army, didn't want to get inscripted or whatever the word is, and... I was like, how are they doing this if like how is this real? But it all seemed very real. But I was like, if this guy's hiding out, there's a camera group with them. Right. <laughs> What's going on? So I don't know how much of that part of it was dramatization or not, but it looked very real. Um but I would say this I was like after the first one, I, I enjoyed it, but I was underwhelmed because it was it's really not about dogs. But it's about the people and their feelings and relationships with the dog. Right. So it's more human stories so far in the first two um, than it really is about dogs. I mean, the dogs are there and they're the focus of the attention. And of course, they're, you know, dogs and doing cute dog things. But it's not narrated. It just puts up, you know, it puts up... Uh, like it, it, it said, you know, Syria, and it showed the guy, and that he would talk about it. So it's not narrated or anything; hmm. it's the people telling their stories. Um, but now that I kind of have an idea of what it's about, and it's not really a documentary about dogs per se, and telling about all the dogs' life and how great dogs are and this stuff they do, it's really about the people and how much they need and love their dogs. So I think uh, I think it's five or six episodes. So i uh, through the first two.
2: I keep seeing on the Twitter, people say, tearjerker.
3: Uh, yes, although when I saw the the tease for the second episode after we watched the first one, and I saw, you know, Syria and this civil war and bombed out, I was like, I told them, I I am not watching that if this dog gets, you know, killed. Right. And so she did some research, and she <laughs> said no dogs <laughs> die in any of the episodes oh, so good. it's like okay then I will watch because I that that I would not be
2: informed yeah yeah I, I'm interested in this I'm going to watch and
3: this. it's again it's more uh, it's it's more about the people and how they feel about their dogs than about the dogs themselves at least in the first two yeah. episodes
2: yeah I did read that that it was about people's relationships to their dogs
3: that's what it is
2: all right I'm tuning in for that mm mm-hmm. mhm All right, that is the podcast. I did the uh, warm up program with Sila. Yes, so that is coming up next.
3: Yeah, so so so. Oh, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Oh,
2: happy Thanksgiving, everybody. So, do one more. So, so. The warm up show with Alan Jerry, the shortest show on WFAN. Oh, hi. Uh, Al Dukes here. Jerry is off today. I guess he thought Thanksgiving was today. Uh, CeeLo joins me, although <laughs> I just had to uh, run out and get CeeLo and he yelled, Oh, crap. That's right. You forgot.
1: I was having an invigorating conversation with uh, former sp- WFANer Mark Malousis.
2: I saw you and Moose breaking down something out there. We were there. talking
1: about eyeglasses, Al. Eyeglasses. Scintillating stuff at 544 in the morning. I have
2: eyeglasses as well now. Reading.
1: That's what he was asking me about. So he should be really talking to you. Yeah. mine are just for distance.
2: Have Moose come see me about uh, uh, eyeglasses for reading.
1: Maybe we can just bring him in during the second well, segment of the show. I think that would really perk things that. up or He's
2: very busy over there. That and, uh, is a good point. So yesterday, uh, Darrell Revis was on Joe and Evan, mm. and it really like took the local sports world by storm. I saw this the quotes from uh, Darrell Revis all over the place. Number one, he had to be on plugging something.
1: I'm sure he was. I, I don't did not know. catch what that product or event was. I
2: didn't either. But he uh, had not nice things to say about Todd Bowles. He said that the the team was not ready to play Old Rex Ryan and uh, the Bills in 2015.
1: Just in case we weren't sure, based on the results of that game.
2: Yes. Although, uh, I love Manish Mehta. I know some people don't like him. I love him because he loves to stir the pot, that that fella. So he was then tweeting out Darrell's stats from that game where Sammy Watkins...
1: Torched him. Torched him. Yeah.
2: What do I have? I, I even had the yards. on a like 136 yards. Yeah. Uh, receiving double-digit catches. Now I don't think he took blame for any of these. No, of
1: course not. Things That's what in Durrell his interview. Does. It's never his fault.
2: Did you? You were covering the Jets when Darrell Reus was there.
1: I was. Yes.
2: Was he a bit of a tool?
1: Um, let's just say the the second go around with the Jets, there wasn't exactly a love affair between Darrell and the yeah. media. Yeah,
2: And they've been nice to him, the Jets.
1: They have. I, I think they have. And Todd Bowles was never once through Durrell Revis under the bus as he was going through his struggles in that second yeah. round with the Jets. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit of the low road, I thought, from Durrell yesterday. I we mean, always hear about people taking the high road. Yeah, high I road. I he took the low road in that interview.
2: I'd love Todd Bowles to come out and go, uh, you know, old man uh, Revis here. If not for old man Revis, we would have beat Rex Ryan and the Jets in 2015.
1: <laughs> and Ryan, and if not for Ryan Fitzpatrick's three second half interceptions. That didn't help. Right.
2: Yes. So that was a good spot uh, by Joe and Evan yesterday. It was, yeah. Uh, then I see a lot of uh, reactions still from the Chiefs-Rams game, CeeLo, from uh, Monday Night Football. And people that are against all the scoring. <laughs> oh, God.
1: That's There's got- always someone out there, Al.
2: That's got to be old man football. Yeah. Because I took some calls on it the other day. I was going to say,
1: I'm sure you got some calls on that.
2: You know, why a tittle? <laughs> I was like, stop. We want to see. Like, we love the red zone now. Because all we see is scoring. I don't want a rushing attack game, defensive battle. Like, when you're looking around in the red zone on a Sunday, and you look, and it's like the third quarter, it's
1: 6-3. Doesn't do anything for uh, you.
2: Zero interest in that.
1: That game Monday night was pretty much like watching the Red Zone channel on Sunday. Right. Just one game. That's what That's people what were got. saying. Yeah, And it, there was defense. He had multiple defensive touchdowns, turnovers, sacks.
2: Well, I think uh, Jerry the other day had a, said it best, I think, although they don't have a Jerry quote here for you, but he <laughs> said, while there appeared to be no defense, because they gave up 104 points right. or whatever, there were very... Big defensive plays game in the game, changing
1: plays for sure
2: by that guy, Anuka Buwa.
1: <laughs> he did a better job with that than Jason Boyden <laughs> did.
2: Yeah, he did not have a good no, time with that. No, poor guy. Uh, and for Eddie Schizzeri, I see Ryan Tannehill starting this week. That's right, Brock Osweiler back to the
1: bench. Yeah, it was fun while it lasted,
3: it really wasn't fun. That and who are they
1: dripping with
2: sarcasm? <laughs> who are they playing this week, Eddie? <laughs> oh, sorry, Go all right, the-
1: Eddie. I don't know. Oh, the
2: Colts, Andrew Luck.
1: Dolphins fan, yeah. Right. The Colts. <laughs> right. I was going to let him answer, but, you know.
2: Andrew Luck. Said, the Colts are one of those teams. Yesterday I went, I said, let me get a good grasp of what's going on in the NFL. So I went to the NFL standings. I figured we're 11 weeks in. Let's start seeing some separation between teams. And a lot of these divisions, it's like, you know, like it's like a, a team with one or two losses, and then right under them, a 500 team. Yes, For a lot of these divisions. So it's clear to see like who the the teams are that are going to be playoff bound, but the Colts are an interesting one because I think they're like six and five or five and five,
1: five and five, I believe. Yes,
2: five and five. But
1: they look like a team that could catch fire and hit the playoffs. I think they kind of are catching fire. You know what we well, you know? What we call that Al. What's that? That's a team on the come. What is this now? A team on the come, Eddie. That's what it's That's called. Uh, You've I've heard, heard that. I've heard that. Uh, Never yeah, heard it's that. Term. That's a team on the come. They're oh. on the rise. Oh, on the rise. Yes. That's there's uh, two more different ways to say it. You know? More
2: comfortable with that one. Team <laughs> not, on the rise. Not
3: surprising you hadn't heard the other one. Yeah. Nope. <laughs>
1: They are also in a division though with the Texans who have won seven in a row after yeah. an zero and three start. But they seem like a bit of a paper tiger to me. Oh, paper tiger! So I'm with you. We're just throwing out all yeah. the different you know sayings and cliches. I'm with you though. The yeah. Colts, you know, look luck looks great. They they haven't given up a sack in like five games, which is yes. a big issue for him the last few years when it led to his injury. So yeah, they're they're looking good. Frank Reich's doing a nice job there. Frank Wright, Boomer's, Boomer's
2: buddy, Boomer's old teammate That's right. and roommate, I believe. Yeah, I believe he and Frank Wright roomed together. Mm. Uh what else do I have football wise? Oh, this came from a college football. Arkansas had to suspend two of their defensive backs. I have their names. I've written them down. <laughs> Ryan Pulley and Cameron Curl.
1: Good job out of you.
2: Cuz they were hitting on Mississippi State cheerleaders. Heard about that. Yeah, during their warm-ups. Mm. Now, you've always heard in all sports like that's uh looked down upon that the football players should not fraternize or date cheerleaders. Is
1: that right? I've
2: heard that like in football, like in the pro football.
1: In pro football, okay. I not remember, at like the high school level though. That kind of I feel yeah, like Yeah, the high two school level. together, you know. 100%. Yeah.
2: Cheerleaders are dating the football players. But I know I saw some sort of TV show or documentary in the 70s about the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. And there was a thing on there they were told they are not to date the football players. Like one of those gals couldn't have dated Tony Dorsett back in the day. Right, That was frowned upon. But these guys, they were taking selfies with these cheerleaders. Really? They were hitting them up for phone numbers, and the coach suspended them.
1: Now, did he suspend them because it was you know, inappropriate from a guy-girl perspective or like, hey, you weren't locked in on the they game? They weren't locked in on the game. Yeah, that's kind of And one
2: doing. of the beat reporters down there had photographs and things uh. of them. Hitting up the cheerleaders. Damn
1: social media. And
3: it's not been a good year for
1: Arkansas. Oh. See, Is that right? He's locked in on Arkansas. He doesn't know what the Dolphins are playing Sunday, right. but he can tell you the MAC teams that played last night and the results of those Miami, games. Miami uh, of Ohio became bowl eligible, See? by the way. Miami of last Ohio night? on the come, Al.
2: All right. I'll uh, mark them down yeah. with the uh, Indianapolis Colts of the NFL. Yes.
3: I think they beat Ball State, pretty sure. David Letterman's <laughs> old school. Western Michigan <laughs> beat Northern Illinois, maybe.
2: All Maybe. right. He's not sure. I'm not sure. At least he sure knows the one. teams, though. All go. right. Uh, and then my other, this is another big college football story that I have today, a Georgia player. Uh, his name, interesting one, CeeLo, Prather Hudson. He's the fellow who ran into ESPN sideline reporter Laura Rutledge. She was doing sideline, and he a play happened over there. He... Smashed into her. Have you seen that
3: replay? I have. I actually have not seen it. And the thing is, like, she saw it coming and yet still turned her back. And what was she thinking?
2: It was all going so fast, Eddie.
3: Eddie, with no sympathy. No sympathy.
2: I thought Uh, she had her back turned too. She
3: did, but she kind of looked right before and then turned back and just slammed. She got got up quickly.
2: Got up quickly. So she had tweeted about how she uh, took a hit and bounced back from it. And then this Georgia player. Hit her up on Twitter and said, uh, sorry for running into you, at Laura Rutledge. Very nice. Sorry I knocked you down, but I can pick you up at seven.
1: Oh.
3: Agh! I think she's married. She is. Uh, and I think she's like a former Miss Georgia or Miss Alabama or something like
2: that. She is 30 years old. Hey. This kid's got to be, what, 20, 20? Uh, she's married to a baseball player. Oh, yeah? Jeff Rutledge, I think his name is. I, oh. I did Google him free agent he's Uh, not on a team right now uh but he tried this fellow
1: hey can't blame him for that take your hacks you gotta take
2: know what they say shoot your shot they say you make none of the shots you don't take
3: and now because you're not paying attention we do have to take a break all right
2: on the other side what do i have here i do have a all right on the other side i have a terrific story (laughs) after this
1: It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Some serious dance moves over there, Al. Nice job. Uh the Nets beat the Heat last night, one hundred four ninety two. The Knicks falling home to the Trailblazers. One eighteen, one fourteen. You had St. John's win the Legends Classic. UConn a winner as well. Boomer and Geo in a matter of moments. Al Dukes.
2: CeeLo, this is something I feel like you would be interested in. This Tiger
1: Phil matchup uh, I was on, all over that yesterday. On Friday. Press conference, yes. You'll be uh will you be purchasing this pay per view? Well, I'll be working. And oh, in well, such right. establishments, it costs, like, thousands of dollars in This is the dumbest thing to... ever, CeeLo. This is, it is the like, dumbest the thing dumbest ever? thing right. ever. I'm so like, Scratch that off McElroy the list of the other play today. Guys, <laughs> 15 years ago, maybe. Now it's a big money grab, uh, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Of course it's a money grab, but, I mean, it'll still be interesting to watch. Al, what do you got? No, it it's,
2: per- it's perfect if, uh, you know. Other people in your family are going Black Friday shopping? Oh, yeah. You stay home and watch Tiger and Phil.
1: That's an easy way for you to get out of Black Friday shopping.
2: They yeah. now have a $200,000 bet on the first hole in Side addition bet. to their $9 million bet Right. that uh, Phil said he'll birdie the first hole.
1: And Tiger said
2: double it. Birdie means what? That he'll get it on. This
0: Thanksgiving, Park. we thank you for your generous support of Hungerthon 2018.